This is the Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford podcast. Welcome, Foodpreneurs, to the episode, first episode of season three. I'm excited for today's show because I'm giving you insights into the current artisan food and drink market so that you can skip straight to solutions rather than be that proverbial frog in hot water and not realizing it until it's too late, which is often the case when you work solo or even with a small team. These insights originally appeared in an article I wrote for Inside Small Business Magazine, and I cover the biggest challenges foodpreneurs face right now with the slippery slide of market fluctuations and the changing face of doing business in 2022. As part of the original feature, I also set up a PR opportunity for five of my Foodpreneurs Formula members to help them take their brands to new heights. My hope for you with this episode is that you learn how to prepare and overcome the challenges that are keeping many foodpreneurs from landing more accounts, getting product into more consumers' hands, and putting more money in their pockets right now. This episode is brought to you by Foodpreneurs Formula, my business acceleration program for packaged food and drink brand owners ready to scale, and my free on-demand masterclass that gives you the framework to help you navigate your scaling journey. Hi, I'm Chelsea Ford, award-winning food and drink business expert, head coach of the acclaimed program for women, Foodpreneurs Formula, and your host for this, the Foodpreneur Podcast. If you're a packaged food and drink business owner, tune in with me each week because I'm going to help you land more accounts, get in more consumer baskets, and help you put more money in your pocket for every product you sell. In each episode, I'm going to tap into my 30 years of experience leading sales, marketing, and finance teams for big and small food and drink brands to give you coaching tips that will help you take your packaged food or drink business to new heights. I know what works, and I know what doesn't. So I'm going to share with you industry tools and insider knowledge that are next to impossible for small businesses to access And from time to time, I'll dive into my little black book to bring you interviews with hard-to-reach specialists who will help solve those pesky industry-specific problems like distribution that I know you've been losing way too much sleep over. So roll up your sleeves, foodpreneurs, because you're about to enter a no-fluff zone. I'm bringing my A-game so you can reach yours. No matter where you are, whether it's in your kitchen, coordinating your deliveries, or on your way to a buyer meeting. Listen up, because we're about to set the path for you to secure your next best stockist, increase your sales, and put more money in your pocket. This is the Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford podcast. A gluten-free snack producer recently told me that if her business doesn't make this year, make money this year, then she's done because she can earn more money working less hours back in corporate consulting. It was ouchy for me to hear. I understand it, though. The producer is stocked across 20 Harris Farm market stores in a series of independent retailers and recently launched into Woolworths Metro. Getting ranged is not one of her challenges. In the past 27 months, many consumers have discovered new small batch food and drink products. And some foodpreneurs have found new consumers, which is awesome. But despite new push and pull opportunities, I know you've not had an easy time making money. 
And this has made it tough for many of you to stay in business. Four of the biggest challenges that have impacted many of the foodpreneurs I coach, and in particular their bottom line, are fluctuating ingredient costs, engaging buyers to discuss their wholesale strategy, restrictions to sampling, and relying on distributors to create demand. Let's start with the fluctuating ingredient costs. Since the start of the pandemic, some products and ingredients have been hard to find. We all experience this firsthand with the scarcity of toilet paper. Remember that? For you, you may have experienced the effect on the supply of raw ingredients. At the beginning, it was difficult to buy ingredients, especially as some of you buy your ingredients from the supermarket, thereby competing with everyday consumers. And now the impact of massive fluctuations in costs is hard to bear. You know, one way to reduce some of the pressure is to buy in bulk or buy wholesale. Buying in bulk, of course, requires you to to store and manage the shelf life and have a strong demand planning schedule. I know for you, many, many of you don't necessarily have the capacity and the confidence to do all three of those things. And now with all the COVID disruptions, not having enough supply at a time when demand for goods is very strong, and on top of that, the war in Ukraine, which has sent energy prices soaring, and for us in Australia, flooding as well, which has had a huge impact on our agricultural prices, managing and making money in FMCG has become so much harder. And what about the challenge you face engaging buyers to discuss your wholesale strategy? Whilst managing costs has been a movable face the past couple of years, so too has pitching to get stocked on retail shelves. Pitching and selling to wholesale buyers, I know, is widely the least favourite aspect for many foodpreneurs. And I know over recent years, the way to pitch to wholesale buyers has changed. Getting the attention of a wholesale buyer and getting them to respond to messages can be really tough. Sure, buyers are busy and for many foodpreneurs, I know there's a misunderstanding of exactly how a buyer's day is made up, therefore what you're competing with. Wholesale buyers are not there to make life difficult for foodpreneurs, although I must admit sometimes it does seem like that. Really, it's quite the opposite. But the thing to remember is that they have competing pressures, just like you do. You know, here's what a specialty retailer buyer day typically looks like. They've got admin, accounting, marketing, customer service to tend to, and then on top of that, sourcing products, which takes time. So the opportunity to get stocked is largely dependent upon how you get their attention. One newer way is online pitching. It saves time, especially when some of the biggest retailers are in distant cities, saving you travel time. But how do you pitch online? I advocate that you need a mindset shift to happen from just dropping in on a buyer. Whilst you may be very relational and like to approach people, buyers or consumers, face-to-face, With online pitching or indeed when getting ranged in store, the challenge you face is how to build that same offline relationship experience when selling and marketing online. If you're pitching to specialty retailers, getting in front of those buyers with all the health and safety considerations 
and travel restrictions everyone has had to endure over the last few years and has been challenging and disruptive to normal selling and pitching activities, but that is honestly beginning to settle down, the key is to find your sweet spot of differentiation so you can get cut through. What makes you different? I want you to think about that. And I want you to spend your time plotting out your pitch strategy. It's less about getting your pitch perfect, but rather the impression you leave. I want you to know your category, know your audience, and know your consumer. You know, whether it is the big or the small end of town, it's not easy to win new accounts. And with the diminishing accessibility to buyers because the responsibilities they endure is not getting any less, you're probably going to feel, continue to feel frustrated by the growing tendencies of buyers to ghost you, seeing them withdraw from communication without explanation and leaving emails and phone calls unanswered. Now, if you're already on the retail shelf, shift your focus and your attention on improving the number of units sold each week, increasing velocity for each store you are stocked in. Your dependence on the store buyer to accelerate velocity might just need to be reassessed because they have competing priorities. And I understand firsthand just how hard it is when your buyer doesn't respond. And I know your worry of being delisted escalates and the sense of frustration and fear increases. Margins, pitching, systems, selling more products and putting more money in your pocket accelerates when you start investing in these three things. Getting your product into more consumers' hands isn't as easy as clicking your fingers, but it is as easy as following a formula that's purpose-built for you. You can cobble together elements of these independently of one another by grabbing free stuff. But Foodpreneur's formula is carefully crafted by me, a food and drink business expert, for you. Its suite of sales, marketing and money resources all work together seamlessly so you, your advisors, partners or collaborators can focus on what really matters, your customers. With features like a margin calculator, you can turn uncertainty about your margins into assurances that you and your intermediaries will all make money from the get-go. You can even take your pitching skills next level by following my tried and tested script that will help you know what to say and coaching sessions to test your impact. Make more sales by having a food and drink scaling support crew at your fingertips with Foodpreneur's formula. If you want to land more accounts, get your product in more consumers' hands and put more money in your pocket, I'd love to coach you. Go to femalesinfood.com and get on the wait list for Foodpreneur's formula. Our next enrolment opening is approaching really quickly. Spots are going to fill up, so put your name on the wait list at femalesinfood.com. Okay, welcome back. So before the break, I talked to you about two of the four biggest challenges foodpreneurs face right now, one being fluctuating ingredient costs and the other access to wholesale buyers. Now, I want you to think about how you can prepare differently for wholesale 
when there's restrictions to sampling. Getting on the shelf is the start of where the challenges begin, but they certainly do not end there. In fact, getting on the shelf is really the end of the beginning phase. The ultimate challenge is how to get in more consumer baskets when there's more and more brands vying for consumer share of wallet and less and less buyers returning your calls. When product sampling works really well, what happens, what I'm trying to say is when product sampling works really well, what happens when you can't sample in store? Sometimes it's just too expensive to sample. And again, I think of my gluten-free snack maker who needs to carry an oven with her every time she samples. And that's expensive and it's bloody difficult. Other times it's restrictions placed on you by the retailer. So have you got a solution for that? Remember when it was commonplace to taste, test cheese cubes on a wedge of a cracker in a grocery store or sip on a thimble of the latest brew? Well, that kind of sampling just doesn't happen anymore, does it really? So since the pandemic, the ability to do sampling in store has greatly reduced as a result of both changes in regulations, health regulations, and consumer hesitancy. I know when you sample, you normally sell out. I worked with one of my newest Foodpreneurs Formula members recently on her retail promotion plan. She makes small batch premium ice cream. The sampling she's done, despite it being winter where she's based, in store with her existing stockists, has driven phenomenal sales results for her. She's been sold out every time and the impact she's has had has been beyond her expectations. I'm thrilled to see her absolutely shining and glowing. But if you can't sample, what do you do then? Well, let me tell you about my most recent foodpreneur crush, Midday Squares. They're a functional chocolate bar. And once upon a time, they could not get a look in with the retailers. Sort of hilarious to think about that now, now that they're in hot demand. They went down the DTC route initially. They offered their consumers a slick online shopping experience with a starter pack. Why? Because they know people want to try food before they buy it, but they also know people don't want to invest big until they've tried it. So it's a total catch-22. Midday Square's starter pack is a mixed box of their three SKUs at a sliding price range. There's choice without having to make big commitment. And why do I love that so much? It's because, you know, when you buy anything online, you don't want to go all in until you've tried it. It's why sampling in store works. It's exactly the same reason, if not more of a reason, why sampling online works. So it just depends on your perspective. That's why I ask you to be strategic about plotting your plan uh, and drive your consumer purchase by lowering their resistance. Think about that. How can you drive your consumer purchase by lowering their resistance? And tap into that age-old marketing rule of reciprocity. If you don't know what I mean by that, send me a DM on Instagram or ask any one of my Foodpreneurs Formula members. They'll tell you that I'm a massive fan of driving commitment and connection through the act of genuine reciprocity. And finally, one of the most massive challenges you face as you scale 
is over-relying on distributors to create demand for you. It's not their job. (laughs) Don't have so much faith in distributors. They won't market your product for you. Getting to new and far-off locations is difficult. I know that. If your product is refrigerated or frozen, distribution is even harder. Distributors are mostly and simply box movers. Don't make the mistake of thinking that once you've secured a distributor, your product will be marketed to new stockists. It may happen, but please do not assume that it will. Successful distribution is based on successful consumer marketing and pull-through campaigns. Remember when I told you the ultimate challenge for you is to get in more consumer baskets? Distribution does not solve that problem unless the customer or consumer is demanding the product and it is pulled through by that demand. Distributors won't just drop into places in the hope product will be bought. Finally, it is fair to say being a foodpreneur is hard work. It can be immensely rewarding, but current dynamics in the market makes it hard to put money in your pocket. But with a strong sense of community and a dogged determination to thrive, you will continue to lead the way in product innovation and category firsts. And I'll be there cheering you on and doing it with you. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you found today's insights valuable and learned something that you will implement in your food and drink business right away. I'd like to ask you now to help me help more female foodpreneurs put more money in their pocket by giving me an honest rating. Five stars would be lovely, but that's up to you. Write a review and subscribe to this podcast on your platform of choice. The more you tell me what you like and the more momentum builds for Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford, the easier it will be for me to help women with packaged food and drink brands have more choice on how they can invest in their business, freedom to spend more time with their loved ones, and joy as they help even more people on their food journey. So thank you for taking a moment to do that and see you next week for another episode of Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford. Mm -hmm.